cut it out whoa my voice sounds nice and hoarse it sounds hoarser than usual because i've been smoking cigarettes speaking of that let's light another one do you mind if i light up it hey can you smoke it here this is not a smoke-free studio we don't give a shit about that that's only for people that don't use their studio for actual cool shit the only reason people care about having a smoke-free studio is if they're a failed studio because they don't have cool enough people in it to damage their microphones because and they plan on selling them at some point you think the beatles didn't smoke a little weed or cigarette i don't know if they smoked the f words I don't know if they smoked that many cigarettes in the studio, but come on. They definitely were smoking tons of weed. They were blowing some kind of smoke into the goddamn microphone grills because it was a real studio. And Abbey Road isn't going to be like, this was you in a smoke-free studio. Because that'd be the lamest selling point. And this microphone is going to be known as the worst of the microphones. Oh, it's already lit. It's already lit. What am I doing? What, is, what am I thinking? Is it, you don't have to relight it. I don't even know how to smoke these things. I know how to ruin microphones. This is a cool studio. I don't give a crap if it makes the microphone a little worse in 20 years. It's not even going to do... It's not even going to be a noticeable... So the point is, I've been smoking a lot of cigarillos, cigarettes, these things. It's not really a cigarette. It looks like one, so it, people approach me as if I'm smoking a cigarette. They go, they go, hey, can I have one? Or hey, can I get a puff of that? And I get all the benefits of being a smoker without any of the downsides. You see? I don't gotta share them. When people see me smoking one of these babies on the corner and they go, hey, can I get a puff off that? I I just go, it's CBD, so if if you're a loser, if you're a lame-o, then sure. But since it's just for decoration, no, it's a CBD cigarette. It's just to pass time doesn't give you a buzz it's not addictive except for if you're addicted to looking cool it just kills time it's just something to do to pass the time when you're on the street corner waiting for a tow truck for three hours because there's no tow trucks in austin apparently unless you go through the right connections you need a connection just to get a tow truck and then they cancel on you. They barely know where they're going. 
they don't give you the time of day and then they just cancel like an Uber driver. It's like, okay, thank you. I'll just leave my car here then. I guess I'll just leave my car in the middle of an intersection because they decided they'd rather go to some guy. So anyway, tow trucks. We are recording. We're going to get through this podcast episode by covering a bunch of different topics. We're going to start off with this topic, hosting an open mic. I hosted an open mic. Only one cigarette for this entire podcast. I only had the fortitude or foresight to be like, to not realize that I would want more than one of these things. These things are addictive. I love these things, man. I like, I, I, I kind of want to change some... Oh, Nah, we're fine. We're not going to set up the fire alarm. I mean, that'd be possible, I guess, but it's unlikely. It hasn't happened yet. Anyway, so I hosted an open mic earlier in the evening. That was my only thing that I did outside of the house this whole past week, except for Monday. I guess we could talk about Monday, where somebody from Chicago hit me up. And say, hey, I'm in town tonight only, so want to meet at an open mic? And I was like, sure. And then I actually did. And it was fun. And that's just an excuse to go out. Otherwise, I wouldn't have gone in. I wouldn't have even thought about going out if people didn't ask me to. If people don't ask me to do something outside of the house, we're in the future. You don't get to go outside and do anything. Except for old-timey things. Like performing, in, in, like stand-up comedy. or That's an old-fashioned, old-timey hobby or anything. Career, whatever you want, whatever it is. It's old-fashioned. You can just do shit like that online on like just yell at a camera. I mean, we gotta do it in front of people for. But anyway, so I don't really. I don't know. It's fun, but like for me to drive twenty miles just to do that, nah, not gonna do it on my own volition. But if somebody asks me to, somebody asked Timmy Gusto to do it, yeah, he'll show up. He'll smoke one of these. On stage or, you know, off stage. So who cares? I've been staying in a lot. That's the point. I've been staying in. And it's probably a good thing because when I go out, that's when, what are you going to gain by going out? Nothing. You, you can only go downhill. Sure, you know, there's something to be said about not wasting your life and like building relate like friendships to begin with let alone relationship, you kind of, you don't even have to go out to do that. Why the hell? I miss when everything was not even supposed to be outside. Whenever I miss the uh, Zoom days. I like Zoom. Because if you don't like somebody, and if somebody's giving you a hard time and you're just not comfortable around somebody, you just press a button and you're back to being alone. I mean, it's awkward to just leave like that, but... It's better than real life. Anyway, so I have me going out, and I'm justified in my... You know, I still have a little bit of that, like, oh, I hate not going... I hate that I 
don't have anything going on outside of the house. It is like depressing and like harsh on my soul and spirit. So I don't like it. I'm not saying I like it. It's pretty bad to stay in all the time and just not communicate with anybody all week. And then by the time you do have to talk to somebody, you have to learn how to do it again. Because if you don't use it, you lose it. It's like, oh great, I gotta learn how to talk without looking like a complete psycho. So anyway, I went out on Monday and free day. Friday, I hosted an open mic. And I, I like, for some reason, even though I wasn't getting paid uh, or anything, what, would, what did I get out of it? I still got something out of it. It's basically, it's like to prove that I can do it. Where's my cigarette? It's not just to prove that I could do it. It's like a thing where it's like, hey, it's something. It's some, It feels like community service. That's what it's. That's what hosting an open mic feels like. Because even if you are getting paid, it's never really about the money. Even if you're getting paid a good like money to host an open mic, you ain't doing it for the money. You're doing it for the the exercise and to see if you could give something back to the community. I don't know. So, like, I like the challenge of, like, okay, let's see if I could host an open mic without my opinion of myself being harmed in the process. Like, let's see if I could get through this job without having my ego bruised. That's the challenge. So, to do that, I have to, of course, take psychedelics, psychedelics, psychedelic mushrooms before even thinking about going to the damn open. So yeah, you got to be in a good mindset, not a good mood, just like this, the right mindset or attitude. You have to have the, in adjusted attitude, adjusted. You can't go in there with your natural attitude to host it. Are you kidding me? Now you got to take heavy, narcotics that are scheduled you got to take schedule one uh, narcotics to to properly host an open mic ah not alcohol that's not a schedule that's like not even illegal no so anyway that's the first step and then you got to go in there and just don't be don't make it about you i guess the only thing bad that happened that i is going to that I'm gonna like remember from it. That was bad. I'm. Good. It was good. It wasn't a bad open. I did fine. I was very like selfless, but I still did my ten minutes at the top of the program of the show. I I did my ten minutes of rambling because, and that counts as a set. Like I don't give a crap if uh what it looks like. I I it was a set, but it was uh I always do. A solid 10 minutes at the beginning because then I won't feel the need to interject in between comic sets and I could just give it right back in between comics not take up time because I already did more time than anybody so that's my payment is being able to do a short podcast 10 minute podcast for comics and then as soon as I feel like I've wasted enough of their time, then I started off and then the next comic 
who knows how they'll do. But I was in the right, whatever. I was, it was fine for me and pleasurable to do that. So that's why, I do, so never mind the money or whatever. So the only thing that happened was a couple things that rubbed me in a way, that rubbed my ego in a way, the wrong way. But uh, whatever, I'm getting better at handling these injuries, these narcissistic injuries. And the first one didn't even bug me until I got home. I, this guy, who's pretty cool, he's definitely cool. He's a cool guy. Uh, he's new at comedy. I could see the potential. He'll definitely be funny if he doesn't quit. He seems like a comic at heart. So I'm not saying nothing bad about him. I just don't like the way he thought the mic was bad when it was actually, in terms of mics, pretty good. I got them warmed up enough where it was on him. They were all, everybody in the crowd, except for one person or two, was a comic, but they were all quietly, politely engaged with what we were doing. So for him to go up there, this uh, this guy, for him to go up there after I sweetened up the pot, I made it so easy for that I held his hand like a de deer, a baby deer, a fawn, like I'm saving a fawn from from oncoming traffic. I I took him by a little hand, and I gently guided him onto the stage and sure I could have given him a nicer intro other than that he's cool I don't remember what I said what do you say for open micers that's why it was tough for me to get through these in I kept getting stifled by the intro of of giving for open micers because I didn't really have much I didn't know that many of them enough to be like this guy okay this guy Here's his credits in a nutshell. Nobody really had credits who showed up. So it's like, okay, this guy, uh, next, uh, okay, start clapping for this guy. Give it up for this. And it, it, there's this weird pause where it's like, okay, I got nothing to say for this guy either. Here's another guy that I got nothing to say about. And I'm not going to make fun of them because that's not what I'm doing tonight. I'm not in a, that kind of, I'm not that kind of comic. Or open mic host, where I just roast people, especially afterwards. Roasting comics after they get off stage is the most hack, easy, losery thing to do as a uh, host of an open mic. It shows that you're, you want to get a laugh and you want to get, because you're insecure as the host. So you do it the easiest way you can, just make fun of the guy that just went up. And you have the last word because you have because you are the that's the hackiest thing to do. It could be funny, but that's the, you know I'm saying hack is in easy duh. I like to get a laugh by saying something unfunny and not mean. That's why it's funny because of how unfunny it. I just go hey I'm it was a pleasure watching you do that set and that's it. That's that's how I transition. I was so absurdly nice. So that's the first thing that happened is this guy went up, uh, who I like, but just 
after thinking about it, and then he leaves. He go. He always goes up like first, and then leaves right after his set. Maybe a one or two after he stays. You know, he didn't leave right at, but he left. And I, I like this guy, so I was like, okay, so he's leaving, fine. But then, when as I was thinking about it, it's not that he left; it's that he uh, shat on the room that I procured. I put my heart into procuring a room. I set up the room in a way that took effort and experience, you know. So for him to go up there and be like, this mic, this mic is incredibly bad. Like he didn't say that. He just said this, this, oh man, this, this mic. It's like, dude, you just got on stage and you're already just blaming the room for you not knowing how to work this great room, which was relative to most open mics, a pretty good fucking easy room. It was not that hard to uh, kill in this room because they were cool. Because I said it, it was a good atmosphere, even though I think just the thing that's jarring about it is how quiet it is. There's no background sounds. There's no, like, AC so you hear a pin drop, but so what? That makes them e- makes it easier for them to hear the nuance of what you're doing. It's it's more sensitive to to what you, you could. Sure, you could bomb very effectively. You could bomb beautifully in a silent room that everybody's just quietly listening, no chatter, nothing. You're not talking over nothing, so they could either hear you bomb perfectly or hear your jokes perfectly so that's an opportunity to do your to see if your jokes are good anyway that's one thing that kind of it's like okay that guy's he just knew and he doesn't he's just kind of like doing something that makes me kind of like go like oh i don't i don't like that you're uh blame that you're like talking shit about something that i am responsible for you know i took it as a slight slight it's a slight slight. Not really. It's, you know, but it just sh- it's just like, dude, no, you just suck. You just suck. The room is great. So anyway, that was the first thing. Then somebody, like, yanked the microphone out of my hand as I was introducing them. Like, they couldn't wait two seconds for me to, like, say their name. So they yanked the microphone out of my stand. And, I fu- and that pissed me. I mean, of course, that's like... Of course, that is annoying, uh, but I let it slide, and I handled it the way that, in a way that didn't ruin the vibe. Because of course, if I was really laying down the whip, or I would just like turn off the, I would just like play music over him and be like, "Nope, you ain't going up." I could have just been a complete, you know, nightmare about it. I could be like, "Well, if you." That's how you're gonna if you're gonna yank the mic out of my hand, you're not even gonna do a set. I'm just gonna be like, nope. <laughs> but that'd be kind of overplaying it a little. I didn't do no. I just I just let it happen. It got a laugh, and I was like, okay, whatever. And they kind of made a noise like, ugh, to make it seem like it was harsh of him to just yank the. So like I could tell that they were on my side. So I didn't need to uh, demand, and I need to point it out. But then I did point it out. 
whatever. I was like, I didn't like that you took the mic out of it, but whatever. It was fine. It wasn't, I didn't, you know, it didn't ruin the vibe. So I was just like, whatever. Somebody wants to make fun of me or, you know, yank the mic out. It's like, okay, yeah, it's not pleasant. It's not like doesn't make me like them. But am I going to use that? Am I going to take that as a chance to show that I have a big ego? Or like show that, I don't know. Didn't, so I, I don't know. I just like, yeah, who cares? Who gives a shit? There's a way to like work those moments out without being serious. You could have a sense of humor about it. You don't have to lose anybody by being like, Dare, how dare, how fucking dare you? This is my microphone. You don't fucking take it out of my hand. Like, it's so easy to lose people when you do that. So I let it slide and who cares? There's somebody from, doesn't even live here. So he probably just thought, yeah, fuck this guy. I mean, whatever. Who cares? Stoicism. I don't know. It's got like, it's sometimes just non-inaction is the best course of action. Like if somebody says something to you and you got nothing good to say back, you could just not say anything. And they, you know, you don't gotta be like, oh yeah, that's stupid. That's stupid what you just said. I'm trying, you know, I'm kind of trying to be non-confrontational for the in these post-drinking, boring-ass times of my, you know, I don't, I like to talk shit. I like to ruffle feathers, but not in a way that's uh, that's not earnest. I, that's like bottom feeding, like hack. I don't like to ruffle feathers in a hack way. If I'm gonna do that, I don't even think I want to even do that. Ruffle feathers. No, I want to do something funny that is. Uh, funny to as many people as possible. I guess that's what I'm leaning into these days because uh, I feel like that's cool. In a not you know, it's not cool to be generic and for everybody. Oh, he's for no, it's cool because okay, it's not maybe it's not cool. It's just it's commercial. It's appealing to me to be like, oh, he's family friendly. Because if you can be family friendly, that is kind of cool. I hate to say it because it's going against the whole hipster, like dark, edgy comedian that's not for it. That's like definitely not family friendly. That's like, it just got boring though. Being only for people that get off on super dark. Like, why would you say that type of comedy? Which there is, I guess, some of them. There's, you know, it works when it works. There's a way to do jokes that are like, whoa, I can't believe you said that. Yeah, it was dark and edgy. But, like, I've, I've done that a bunch of times. And if I've, you know, it's like, okay, what am I, what am I getting, what am I trying to achieve here? Where is this going to go? Like, I'm not going to get any, anywhere, literally anywhere, except for make open micers laugh. So it's not that I don't like that type of comedy. I like it when people say stuff you're not supposed to say, and it's shocking. It just seems like, well, is that all you could... If you could do more, if you could do the harder kind that's actually 
hard to do that's not just shocking but it actually takes like like a specific voice that's honed from like decades and you could make a simple joke kill in front of any crowd who care even in families just because you've honed this voice for decades that's more appealing to me right now you can still be dark and curse off stage like a sailor you could always have that persona off stage but if you wanna for me to really feel like a like I'm adding like reaching my fullest potential just the thought of like hey man I could bring my kids to this guy that's one thing that is cool about it is you know now that I'm in my mid third now that I have the ability to even uh, sympathize with people with families or kids like yeah that is cool to be like oh here's this great comedian that I like and I could even show them to my kids that is kind of like desirable and also you get way more opportunities and money if you're clean, if you're family friendly and a kill like funny for real, like in a way that's original and honed for decades, yeah, there'll be tons of uh, demand for you in show business. The actual business will come knocking on your door. It's not like you have to be a pussy. You don't have to like. Uh, do the woke thing and be like, I'm, I'm so, it's so cool, man. It's so cool to be, like, you don't have to uh, virtue signal to the left or whatever. The right, like, you don't have to be like, I don't know. You don't got to do even that. You could just be funny. Like Brian Regan. He's just funny. Like Jim Carrey is just funny. Doesn't matter what he's talking about. Robert Williams. They're just funny. Theo Vaughn. They don't got it doesn't matter what topic it is. They don't got any topic anyway. So that's kind of something that appeals to me these days. Like, you know what? You're funny enough. I'm talking to myself. I, that's these are thoughts I have. It's like you are funny in a generic way. In a way that does have mass appeal. I hate to say something so outrageously narcissistic but uh it's i think it's i mean i've done it a long i i just know that it's true that i'm funny in a doesn't matter what i'm saying it's just my uh persona it's just my personality like just the way i talk and you know so if you're just funny in that like hey look at me i'm just funny i'm a just i'm just a funny weirdo if you could hone that into something for you know that's an act and for everybody, why the hell not? Why the hell would you regret that? Oh, I should have been edgier so I could get paid, so I could have no success. I mean, because you could always be edgy on podcasts. Nobody listens to podcasts. No, who cares? Yeah, some people listen to them but you're the not the majority anyway i mean 
the people that see you in commercials or TV shows, they ain't going to listen to your podcast. Who cares? A, who gives a crap if you are dark and edgy off camera? As long as you're not doing anything creepy. Anyways, that's enough on that topic. I'm becoming more... Less of like a kid kind. Like I'm trying to not act like so like instant reaction. Like don't like oh I gotta react immediately. Who gives a crap? If somebody does something that rubs me the wrong the wrong way, it'll that feeling of like being wronged, it goes away after literally a minute or two at least the initial shock of it that initial like adrenaline of like oh that guy just slighted oh i gotta do something to show that he just slighted that goes away after like a minute maybe two minutes and then after that yeah you still resent them and you maybe want to bring it up later but then you at least you're doing it more with your prefrontal then you're, you know, then you might actually do it in a way that's more adult. You know, maybe you don't do, maybe who cares? Just let it go. Sure. Then just talk, you know, just talk about it on a podcast. That's what I do. And now I don't really give a crap anymore because I talked about it on a podcast. Anyways, that was hosting the open mic. We got that out of the way. It only took eight hours. Only half an hour into this thing. And we only covered... One main topic, eh, whatever. I'm a talker. I'm a talker. That's why I don't have. I don't need guests. Where would I, I would just be like, that's cool. No, I would have guests. It just comes down to being very bad at communicating with people. Like, you know, we'll get more and just laziness of like setting up another chair and making sure that they're in the shot and in focus. It's very intimate sitting right next to somebody and be like. Okay, now it's my time to talk. Okay, now you're talking. Cool. Well, here's what I got to say to make the... Yeah, it's like, eh, you don't need it. But So anyway, I hosted all my... So anyway, uh, this is boring. It's not that interesting because I already thought of... Like, I was like... So anyway, I'll just talk about it because I guess that's kind of the whole point of what I had to talk about. That's all that happened. Is this uh, car accident? I got into a minor. I don't know if you'd call it a fender bender. I think the other person thought it was a fender bender because they took off. I think they got it in their heads that just because I waved at them, that meant they thought they could just drive away. They waved at me, and then I waved back to show to make act to like to show that like, yep, I'm the guy that you just hit. So. Um, yeah, that's all I'm doing right here. That's all I'm doing. It's like, okay, yep, that's me. I didn't do this. I, uh, you know? I was not in a, in like a confrontational... I was pissed. But I was just kind of like, yeah, I'm not going to like run across the intersection and chase them down. Like, I almost did. Okay, so I got out of this minor car accident, which was very... A, this is a nuisance. You know, like, I'm okay. No, nothing got hurt. Nothing, I didn't break anything except for my heart. My heart is broken because my Miata is an extension of my soul. That car is the best car I've ever 
owned and I owned uh, three so far I bought them all in one year and one has survived the Miata and now it's at a tow yard where it it ain't ha it's not where anyway it doesn't belong there so they 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 sideswept me as I was turning on uh, Red River uh, a very uh, busy part of the town a very probably the like the busiest intersection and you know on a Friday night it takes forever to just get to that intersection and when you're finally there it's like okay I'm ready to but then I got stuck there now I had to stay in that extremely busy area for hours is they they drove right into my car and I was like okay I guess I'm getting hit is not that's a bad sound I guess I'm making contact with somebody else's car wasn't me I was just minding I was just taking the right turn in in the farthest right lane so anyway they didn't see me I don't think it was this big ass SUV I don't think they could see my tiny little Miata so they scraped up against the side the driver's side and they just kind of, you know, took a left turn, stopped, got out of their car, looked at me, gave me a wave, and then they just took off. They just left. They just, like, they just left me there, assuming that they had done no wrong, I guess. Or maybe they just saw that it was a Miata. They're like, well, I don't want to, I can't afford that. I can't, my insurance can't cover a Miata. Anyway, these guys are not very good drivers, um... Or the smartest, best people to come across. But that's Austin. I wasn't surprised that it happened, of course. I was like, yeah, I can't believe I've never been in an accident. I can't believe... Like, every time I get home from driving in Austin, I always, I have, I've never gotten over this feeling of like, wow. So nothing happened. I didn't collide with anybody. You know, I I had the thought even today as I was driving into town. I can't believe, like I I've never killed anybody driving, you know, let alone somebody killing me. I've never killed anybody. And then I was, you know, I'm not the best driver, but compared to other people in Austin, I feel like a Formula One racer. I feel like I could be a stunt driver compared to these people. I could be like a private driver for James Bond. Compared to the most people in Austin. I could be on Schedule 1 drugs. And still be better than most drivers. So anyway, I, this was the final... You know, so I lasted about a year and a half. With the Miata. Not getting into any accidents. And uh, so somebody scraped up against it and took off. You know, hit and run is a strong label. I'm calling it a soft hit and run because... I don't think they know that they caused damage. I think they just thought that it was just a fender bender. But even so, you're kind of supposed to at least give them your insurance, right? I mean, you're supposed to at least, like, check. You know, you don't just look at them from across the intersection 40 feet away. You just go, bye. I mean, that's worse than a hit and run. They even they actually said bye. That's even more insulting than just not saying anything. Why do you... Don't say anything if you're going to do something like that. Just adds insult to injury. Bye! We're going now. Here's what we look like. 
and I was holding my camera. I was filming them. I don't. I have no. I mean, they're, they're you know. I don't know what the hell they were thinking. I know that they're they ain't here no more. I got I got pixels of them on my phone, but I didn't really zoom in. You know, I I just knew, you know, my instincts kind of took over. Like I was in a chill, super chill mood because I had just finished my community service of hosting an open mic for like an hour, two hours, probably didn't last more than it was like an hour and a half, probably. Of community service. So I felt like I had just given back to the world. And like now the world loved me for a few minutes. So I was not angry. I was at peace. I was still in a hectic situation. I was like, holy crap, I gotta... Like that... Getting off I-35 to get to 6th Street can be pretty difficult like you gotta really make sure you because you gotta go from the left lane to the right lane and there's it's not that easy and you could also like easily rear end somebody going off the highway in this very tiny little exit that gives you like two feet to slow down but I, so i was like damn this is that's pretty cl- i got these are some close calls that i'm getting into so i can't you know be surprised i wasn't that somebody sideswept me. I was like, finally. I was like, okay. So I'm not living in a simulation. Like, of course, somebody would sideswept me. It all it takes is enough. Like, of course. So anyway, my instincts kind of took over. I was just like pissed that like somebody damaged, you know, scraped up my car. And I just honked for about five seconds, maybe. Yeah, you know, nothing excessive. You know, I could, it's enough for the people around me to realize that I was pissed and that I was going to stay exactly where I was, you know, that something happened. So I, anyway, I just kept the, left the car on. I, I, I was right on the corner of this of, uh, big intersection. So I got out of there. I assessed that the, I could tell that the vehicle was like janked up. The wheel was like totally at a twisted angle. The axle was all messed up. So I was like, yeah. And then some, I just, somebody like told me, no, that's not going to drive. I don't know. Like somebody was like, no, that ain't, that ain't driving. I probably would have tried driving it to a better spot than where I left it for three hours. But I was like, nah, it's not going to fucking go anywhere. The wheel was totally, one of the wheels was like at like a 90 degree angle. So it's not going anywhere. So anyway... So I camped out. I was like, "Well, they're gone. They might if they come back. Whatever." I did my best to film them. I mean, at first I was gonna like kind of get closer to them to get their license plate, but I would have had to cross the intersection diagonally. So I was like, "Well, come on, you're not gonna run into traffic just to get their license plate. Just the iPhone, you know, it'll get it maybe." I don't think it. I, I just didn't really feel like I needed to get a justice. I need to like take justice on it. You know, I didn't really. Yeah, it's like yeah, okay. They come back if they make con. If they give me their insurance, great. If they don't, I got uninsured motorist insurance. And so anyway, you know, you just gotta pay the deductible. So anyway, so I left the car there. 
and I, I, I got out, I turned it, I kept the flashers on. And I just was like, well, I guess I gotta get it towed. The thought of calling the police didn't even occur to me until I tried to get roadside assistance through my insurance app. I tried, I was like, okay, I need roadside assistance. So I used my app on my insurance. And they said, did you get into an accident? I was like, yeah, well, yeah, it wasn't on purpose. Yeah. And it just said, no, yeah, you can't get roadside assistance. You got you to call the police. If there is an insurance claim that involves another person, we're not just going to take the car away from the scene. No, you need to get call the police. I was like, oh, oh. okay. So I was just standing there. Yeah, I was like, okay, I'll call 911. Whoopee. So, this was probably about 40 minutes after it happened. After I was standing there for like 40 minutes waiting for this other, my uh, manufacturer, you know, through Mazda, I'd use the roadside assistance. So I had a request for that. It, you know, that's the first thing I did. I was like, this is taking forever. Come on, how long do I got to stand here with this car just right there blocking traffic? So I called uh, 911. And they picked up immediately. Fire? What do you need? Police? Uh, fire? Uh, medical? And they saw us very happy. You know, at least they picked up. Because I heard, you know, so that's, you know, so they picked up immediately after the first ring. I was like, uh, police. I need the policia. You know? And I, hand, I, 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 I nailed the, the 911 call. They were like, uh, I don't remember. I, all I remember is they were like, you got your, your headlights on? And I was like, headlights? No. I got my flashers on. They are like, yeah, no, I meant, f- I said flashers. I was like, oh, yeah, flashers. I got my flashers on. They are like, nah. I don't know. For some reason, it made me feel like I was smart because I I misheard them, and I was like, "No, nah, I don't got my headlights on. I got my my flashers." They're like, "No, yeah, that's what I said. Flashers, good, good." I don't know. So I handled it. <laughs> They're like, "Okay, yeah, are you blocking traffic?" I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm blocking traffic. If that's what you need to hear to send the cops, of course." They wouldn't have sent any... They didn't... Long story short, they didn't send the cops. They were like, yeah, they'll be there. Hours went by. They didn't show up. Even though I said I was blocking traffic. Hours of me just standing next to this disabled car that doesn't look that disabled. You couldn't really see the damage because it was only on one side with one wheel well. And the the only thing that looked messed up about it was that the tire, the wheel was like super jugged out. It was at a, an extreme angle. And the other one was straight. So only one wheel was totally uh, twisted up. So it was not drivable. But everything, you know, it was leaking some kind of fluid. I don't know. It was leaking something. So I, so I, so I just stood there by this thing. Right where people were trying to turn. For hours. 
just watching people just slowly realize that that thing ain't moving. It's like, there's nobody in there, and the hazards are on, and it ain't going it. So I was just standing there getting mild amusement out of the looks on people's face. Like, is that guy, did that guy really just park his car there? And, and the, most of them got it. Most of them, after maybe, yay, 30 seconds to a minute at the most, they're like, okay, I think that car's not going anywhere. And then they went, but a couple people really couldn't wrap their head around the fact that maybe the reason it's not moving is because it got hit by another car. They just couldn't wrap their head around, they just didn't enter their mind. So like, at one point, and maybe I'll put the video in here, because I took video of it, somebody just laid on their horn while looking at me when I was outside the car. They knew it was my car, I guess, because I think they knew me from stand-up. I think it was a comedian, because otherwise, because they were looking at me and the car and just laying on their horn and just looking at me like, yeah, I know you. That's your car. I'm honking. And I was uh, and I was just like, yeah, thank you for honking. So I just like filmed them to sh- to like get evidence of like in case something even crazy. Because when somebody's acting crazy, as a very small person, what do you do? The best defense is to just document it. You know, just okay. Well, this guy's acting crazy and uh, irrational. Like whatever the word is where they're unpredictable. So I'm just going to film them. And I, it took them a long time to like kind of get the memo that honking wasn't the solution to this bridge, you know, this this uh, boulder in the road. Like, yeah, you know, I, I know that you're not supposed to park there. Lay it out here. You know, a noise isn't... Even if I was that dumb, if I was that dumb... To leave my car there. You think honking is going to like change my mind? It's like, oh, that's a loud noise. Maybe I'm not supposed to park. Like, I've made... Either... I mean, of course... Nobody like... I don't know. I don't know what the hell they were thinking. I, I don't fucking know. So they they thought I was just parking there. They, they thought that I was like, yeah, I'm just going to park right here. I'm just going to park right in the intersection. Like, and just stand next to the car. Not go anywhere. Just stand next to it. So it just didn't occur to them that maybe there's a reason I was standing next to my car with the hazards on. Like, maybe I wasn't just kind of, you know, chilling out. Anyway, so that was fun. That was amusing to me. I I did so many, just hearing people like, oh, nobody, why is there a car there? Well, I don't get, why would somebody just leave their car? And then some people were thinking that it was on purpose. And they were like, look at this guy. He just, he's like, yeah, I'll just leave my car here. It's like, yeah, no, it's not because I'm like a douchebag who thinks you could just leave. It turns out I did. And I could have just left my car there for three hours with the hazards on and nothing would have happened. Nothing would have happened. Maybe something would have happened, but I was there, so maybe that helped. Obviously, you know, I'm just being like six feet away from it is probably why 
nothing happened to it. Nobody like, you know, banged on it or, you know, got angry and, you know, threw anything at it. But other than that, nothing happened. Nobody called the cops. Maybe they did, but they didn't show up. I called them myself. I was looking for cops. Come on. Nothing happened. So turns out you can just leave your car in the middle of an intersection almost for three hours. But anyway, because no, nothing happened. Uh, no tow trucks, no police, and it was getting late. I got there at 11. I got struck right at, you know, around 11. So I was like, okay, I got three hours until the everything closes down. And I was like, as long as something happens in three hours, then I could at least maybe go somewhere, say hi to somebody, I get something out of this. Nope. It went all the way until 2 a.m., like 1.57 is when I finally was able to walk away from that stupid situation. That's about. That's the exact time that I was able to finally give my key to the tow guy. And say, okay, bye. I'm going back to my life. That I, I'm going. I'm. Let's see if I can start the next chapter of my life now. After this, forever. So I called the uh, police and uh, called the nine one one at like you know eleven forty something like that. Yeah. And then it was one a.m. Nothing. No cops. No tow truck. I requested multiple tow trucks. One of them canceled. And then one just said, no, we can't come until tomorrow. And then one was coming all the way from San Antonio. It's like, oh, that's convenient. It's really good quality roadside assistance we got here. Mazda. So so by the time they were 10 minutes away, I had already uh, contacted... The uh, APD police, you know, APD. And they got me a tow truck and uh, they gave me a police. I I actually was able to get a police report by just not by calling the cops, by going up to them on six. I just walked down the block. I was like, well, okay, if I left it this long, I I think I can start just strolling down the street. I'll. You know, I'll look back behind me to see if it's anything's gone. If I see any sirens, so I walked down Sixth Street and found, you know, all the cops just posted up where they are on like, you know, Lavaca, you know, Nuichis, whatever it's called. And I was just like, okay, you gotta approach them in a way that doesn't freak them out. You know, can't just be like, hey, yo, motherfuckers, I need some police, bitch. Yo, help me, help me out. You got to do your goddamn job, you lazy. Can't do that. But you can't even do anything that would make them flinch. So I, you know, I just walked up to them, very casual, very smooth, and you know, but kept my distance and just tried to make eye contact with one of them or all of them. And I was just like, hey, can I bother one of you? <laughs> hey, can I bother one like, yo, can I file a report? I got into an accident. You know, can I file a report? So they actually was like, yeah, I guess technically that's kind of what we're 
you know, that's what we're supposed to do if if something happens. So they they so I got the report. They they asked me who the other people were, what race they were. I was like, oh, that's still how they do it, huh? Well, this is my favorite part of the night where I get to talk about the race of people who did something wrong. That's my favorite thing. My favorite thing about being alive. So anyway, I told them which type of race they were. I can only really do it for one of them. One of them I just kind of guessed. It was like, she's probably Latino. Probably, uh, did I say Latino? No, I said Hispanic. Probably Hispanic for the first one. If I had to guess, just based on the amount of makeup, the darkness, just like the, like black makeup, heavy set. I was like, I don't know. I'm just guessing Latina or Hispanic. Could have been just regular white gothic chick. Who the hell knows? And then the other guy definitely was definitely Asian. And so what more do you need to really hear? It's a stereotype that, uh, that you know. So he was like, oh, well, then, okay, well, then clearly it's not your fault. That's all I need to hear. So anyway, no, he, but he took, the, he took that down and whatever. He took all my information. And I just think it's amazing that I was actually able to get a police report for such a non big big deal anyway so i got that and uh they said well we can try to maybe he may he said this in a way that was like yeah you're definitely not gonna do this but thank you for the lip service look at the cameras in the intersection which they have i was like yeah the cameras all over the place that'd be cool i'm not expecting you to actually do that He's like, yeah, you know, if we find their license plate, we'll let you know. If we actually bothered to do something, like, why would we? I don't, they're not going to do that. They're not going to take the time out of their day to do research, you know, to to try to solve a low crime, like, you know, mild, hitting, nobody was hurt. They ain't looking at no cameras. But maybe my insurance company will be able to wedge them to do some who the hell i don't know how insurance companies deal with the uh the police if they do at all but i the evidence that i have is not that clear of like here's the license plate boom bada bang but the best part about the approaching the cops part or at least one of the most interesting parts that's like kind of almost disappointing is like i was kind of hoping that they would be more copy. I thought I was hoping that they would be uh, treating me like a criminal a little bit. Nah, they treated me like a regular per. They they gave me the full benefit of the doubt. They didn't ask me if I was drinking nothing. They didn't do nothing that a regular that like the stere- like how you are used to being treated around cops, even. Anytime I've had an interaction with a cop, usually it's like, if you had anything to drink, can I point this in your eye? What do you got there? Hey, let me see your hands. Whoa there, buddy. What are you talking? Like, they, they just didn't do that at all. It was like talking to, like, my barber. It was like, yeah, take a little off the sides. Yeah, look on those cameras, if you don't mind. Yeah, they were Hispanic, you know. Asian, 
just a standard Asian guy. It's like, yeah, okay. That's it. They didn't ask me if I was drink. They didn't put any of the blame on me, except he did say, well, maybe when you waved at them, maybe they took that as like, everything's okay. It's like, and I, I was like, fuck, that's not cool. <laughs> if you think that's, if you're going to not look at the camera, if you're not going to go after these guys just because I waved at them, then I don't, I'm not happy with that. So I was like, hell no. It was clear as day. But other than that, they didn't put any of the blame. They didn't like act suspicious at all. And maybe it's because I wasn't acting suspicious. Maybe that's why. Maybe it's because compared to most people on 6th Street on a Friday evening... I was the most clear-spoken person they've ever met. So anyway, that was my interaction with the APD. They gave me this little, cute little written-up uh, piece of notepad paper, which uh, doesn't matter. You don't need to see what's written on there. It just says the officer's uh, name and uh, badge number and uh, the case number. I actually got a case number, and it's a long number. We're in the millions here. There's a lot of crime. Unsolved crime. In Austin. Okay, here's your case number. At least I got one. Can't just be like, well, I don't have a case number. Sorry. No, I got a case number for this (coughs) this unsolved crime. Okay, so that's about it. Hopefully, you know, I made the claim. Hopefully they go. They give me like a nice... Even better Miata. Hopefully I profit off of this in some way. Hopefully it's not just like a loss. You know? So they finally towed the damn thing. I'm saying, finally towed it. And as I was just hanging out on this street corner, a lot of weird, you know, I had to like dodge a lot of weird people. A lot of people just saying goofy things. Okay, hey, your car? Yeah, Why'd you park there? Like, cause I can't. Cause I, you know, yeah, why'd I park there? Yeah, I parked there. Anyway, it wasn't that bad. And then somebody was nice enough to stand next to me, and like, who couldn't speak any English. He could understand a lot of English, but he couldn't speak any of it. He was like, maybe we we push it. Maybe we push that sucker. I was like, nah, can't, probably can't push. It. But anyway, so it was nice, and he stood by me for like a long ass time. And I gave him a little bit of cash to get some uh, tacos. But I was like, you coming back, right? He's like, what? I don't speak English. I was like, never mind. You don't have to come back. You stood here for a long I just liked having somebody that was like a, like bigger than me to protect me. That's what I said. You protect me. I give you money. Capiche? Anyway, but who he was cool. You left. And so another time. And some that helped me out with uh enjoy the the uh hanging out just standing there for three hours just like okay cops tow truck either one would be nice at some point before 4 a.m would be great i'm standing there smoking a fake cbd cigarette some ladies 
in a car, in a, in a, like these drunk ladies who get stuck behind my car, but then realize that, you know, they go around because they're not idiots. They yell at me. One of them yells at me, hey, my friend has a crush on you. She has a big crush on you. And I go, oh, does she know that that's my car? And then she was in the front seat, the one she was talking about, I guess. I was like, hey. I immediately went into game mode. I was like, okay, this is my chance. Okay. I was thrown such an easy thing here. Somebody say they got a crush. Come on, man. Don't fuck it up. So I was like, hey, I know I don't have much time to impress you or, you know, but does she know that this my car? What do you think of my car? Because they didn't know I was busted up. It looked fine. They're like, oh, I like, I like it. Like, damn right. That's my car. Yeah. The one that's broken. The one that's blocking traffic. Yeah. So where you going? What are you doing? But they drove away by that point. But I thought, you know, I handled it in a way that was like, I could have, I could have, what else was I supposed to do? Be like, yeah, get out of the car. Oh, she's a, you have a crush on me? What are you, what am I going to do? So I handled, you know, I said, I did my best to take what was given to me in with the resources I had at my disposal, which was my car. I was right there. I was like, hey. Do you like it? So anyway, that boosted my confidence for about a long... It boosted my confidence for like a nice solid chunk of time. And then, you know, time went by. And I was, and somebody else came up to me. He's like, hey, man. So they they ran off, huh? I was like, and then you called the cops? Like, yeah, they don't come for nothing, man. We saw somebody bleeding out the other night. And they didn't send no, no cops. So, shit happens, man. You'll, you know, you'll get over it. And I was like, I'm fine. I know you don't got to tell me nothing about getting over it and how it's not that big of a deal because, hey, I'm I'm happy. I'm I'm hanging out completely unbothered by my circumstances, not complaining about nothing, just stating the fact. You're telling me, hey, calm down. Relax, man. Your Things could be way worse, man. Stop. Get a hold of yours. Like, dude, what the hell are you talking about? Nobody's nobody's crying here. Do you see me crying? I don't know. That's about... That, that's it. So anyway, that covers everything. And then when the touch... I was getting testy, man. I was so testy by this point. And somebody, when the tow guy finally came, I wasn't angry or mad or nothing, but I was very, like, testy. He was like, what happened? Did you drive into the curb? I was like, hey, immediately. I was like, No. Not my. F- I'm not a bad driver. I said that like, but I was kidding. I said it with like a smile. I was like, "Hell no, it wasn't me." You think I drove into the? Cr- you think I'm that bad at driving that I got myself into this? Hell no. But no, it wasn't bad. He didn't take it bad or nothing. But then another guy strolled past me. He was like, "Hey, you've been here for a minute. You're the same guy." 
I, uh, you've been here for a minute. I was like, yeah, no crap, because I can't move the damn thing. I got a hit. I don't know, so I immediately... But I was also kidding. I was not... I was just being, like, phone, like, that aggressive, but, like, you know, like... Yeah, I'm just fucking around. But he was a stranger. So he didn't know what the fuck was going... He was just kept on walking. I was like, oh, that's right. Strangers probably can't just be, like... Yell at strangers, be like what the yeah, of course I beg my gay, whatever, man. Who gives a shit? I didn't get stabbed. All cops look the same too. I was like, I went up to one of them. He was like, yeah, follow me. And then I got caught up, and then I met up with these other cops. And then he just started walking away, and without telling me to keep following him. So I was like, was that the guy? Am I supposed to follow that guy? And then the other guy goes, yo, yeah, follow that guy. I was like, okay, now I know, because I don't fucking know if I was supposed to. Y'all look the same. Oh, is that guy with blonde, with uh, orange, is another guy, you know, white dude with orange hair, whatever, redhead. But I didn't mind, they were good, you know, they were fine. I, nothing bad to say about the about that, about the police. So, the problem is they didn't show up when I called because they were fuck that. Gotta go up to them. So anyway, that's about it. And then tow, tr- tow truck drivers also all look the same. When this guy showed up, I was like, he kind of looks like the guy that towed my Tesla a year ago. When that thing just randomly stopped working on the highway, this guy was like, is that the same tow truck? But uh, So crypto's down. Let's get out of here. I'm this subject. As I'm going about my night, standing around, waiting for tow trucks, I got notifications in my email that buy orders were being executed, limit orders for uh, Ethereum that I set weeks ago. So I was like, oh, okay, there's some big, there's some price movement in crypto. So Bitcoin is down, I don't know, five percent since I started recording, and uh, Ethereum, Ether, is down a good percentage. It's been pretty damn stable, and now it got dipped down to where I am purchasing. My buyers are being executed in the in the low seventeen hundreds. That is pretty ch- cheap, I think. Ethereum, never mind this whole SEC suing Binance Coinbase you can't sue crypto out of existence you could certainly hurt the market by suing like going after these huge exchanges because when Binance I got an email, you know, Binance US shutting down all banks you can no longer use a bank for Binance US, so that's that's a huge blow. So I get why it's going down, but Ethereum has potential to easily go back up to its all-time high, go up to like five k. Yeah, now like I'm not too worried about. Ethereum, Ether, going down much more because the more it goes down, the better deal it becomes and the buy pressure goes up. People like me, 
who see the future. We're going to be scooping up cheap Ethereum, a deflationary token that gets burned regularly and it's going down in supply. Yeah, I want more of that. So I wasn't too upset that my buy orders got executed. It's a little nerve-wracking when the crypto market goes down that you know that quickly in that short amount of time. You know, it's been cuz it's been so flat. I got so used to the boring flatness. But when I get a nice cheap deal on Ethereum, ETH, I keep calling it it's Ether. ETH it can only go down so much, man. Like, cause when everything's dropping, when the market is dropping, any market, stocks, whatever, go back seven months, eight months, go, yeah, literally January of this year, all the tech stocks were completely in the shitter. Were people buying? Yes, people like me were buying. Facebook, Nvidia, Apple. All these major tech stocks that are now greatly back to where they were, they're very high right now. They're at their all-time high pretty much. Some of them are killing it. Like Facebook's coming back. Tesla's coming back. Apple. Obviously, NVIDIA is amazing. And what's why was nobody talking about it when it was down? Because just because something's down... Doesn't mean people get excited because they feel like, oh, it's going to keep, maybe it'll, the uncertainty kills that optimism of like, well, it's cheap compared to where it was. It, it's down 70%. Hey, maybe it's a good time to buy tech stocks. That's what smart people are thinking. Yeah, they're thinking that. But even they still have this thing in their bodies telling them in their gut it's like yeah but you know we don't know where the just because it's cheap now it could keep getting could keep going down like that when everything's going down you think it's gonna go down more just like when everything's going up you think it's gonna go up forever well that's a stupid psychological fallacy and you gotta live in the real you gotta rely on trusting the fundamentals and not just go by sentient sentient can help it's great but go the opposite of sentient don't go with it go against go with the fundamentals go against the sentiment if everybody's selling that's when you buy if everybody's buying you should have already bought before that, when they were afraid, of, when they didn't know that it was the right time. The right time to buy NVIDIA was when it was cheaper, not now. Now when everybody's like, oh, it's going to jump it again. Well, I guess we should buy it. That No, you already missed out. What are you doing? At the all-time high is when... You, that's why you don't trade on zombie, you know, this is that, that, in that first gut... You go against that bullshit. So anyway, we made it through the end of this. It's been a fun episode and uh, we made it. Have a good week. This has been episode 78 of the Team Vassal Bomb Show.